Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. Hey guys, welcome back to another brand new episode of Electronic Dance Money. This is episode 28. And I mean, as far as like how things are going, just because I don't know, I feel like you guys might want an update of how I'm doing. If you're listening, if you're a dedicated listener to this podcast, I'd hope you care about how I'm doing. Not that it really matters. If you don't care, just hit that 30 second skip button and skip this entire intro by me. I'm doing great. If any of you give a shit about that, things are going really well right now. Anyways, let's get into today's episode topic. Another solo episode. I've got some guests in the work. As always, don't you worry. I'm always brewing on some guests. So hopefully we'll get that figured out. But today is a solo episode. And today we are discussing work-life balance. This is something that you might not think is super important, but this might be one of the most important topics we talk about as many topics that I say are very important. But I mean, essentially, what is work-life balance? Well, it's, I mean, as the title says, it's the balancing of work and life, making sure that you're not dragging your work into your life or your life into your work. It's important to distinguish the two and keeping them separate especially if you're wanting to have a family or you already have a family or maybe you have a girlfriend a new girlfriend you don't want to be bringing a lot of your work into your life causing issues because that's what will happen if you're bringing a ton of your work into your life you're going to cause a lot of issues in your home life and that's going to be very unpleasant it's going to make things very uncomfortable and it's the same thing with your work if you're bringing a lot of your life into your work you're it's going to cause a lot of hiccups a lot of issues you're going to get behind on things you're not going to be efficient it's going to cause a lot of stressful factors in your actual work that you're trying to do do and this is regardless of if you're even a producer this is the same as if you're a server somewhere if you work in retail if you work in sales it doesn't matter what this is referring to though we are going to be specific on being a producer and specifically an EDM producer or being a service-based business as in the EDM world whether that's mixing mastering as we always talk about selling sound packs selling sample packs whatever it is you're doing involved with EDM or outside of EDM you want to have a good work-life balance otherwise it's going to get in the way of things So the first thing that we're going to nail on when it comes to having good work-life balance is something that I've repeated before, and I will continue to repeat because it is just that important. Like some things are in this episode, or I should say in this podcast, if they're that important, I will repeat them. Now, this one is scheduling things out. You need to have a schedule. That's just straight up. If you're going to treat your career like a business or you want to be a successful producer, you need to schedule things out. Now, this might not necessarily be needed if, let's say, you work in fast food. You might not need to schedule things out, but I, for at least for that. But when you go home and you start producing, you should have a schedule out. 
You should have a schedule set up for your specific se sessions, especially if you're doing service-based stuff. Producers and audio engineers are notorious for being flaky. I mean, we in, in our we in our innate nature are flaky. That's what we are. And we can't help it. Because we're very creative people. We're right-brained, not left-brained. If we were left-brained, everything would be scheduled out. We'd know what day at what hour we'd be specifically doing something, but we don't do that. We're in the creative space. We're in the ADD space. We'll trail off. We'll get distracted. We'll go do things that we didn't mean to do and then forget that there was something else that we needed to do. But... You are in luck because you live in the 21st century. You live in 2020 and we have these amazing things in our pockets called smartphones. And every single smartphone comes with one tool that you cannot deny that you do not have unless for some goddamn reason you deleted it. And But I don't even think you can delete it uh, because it's programmed into the phone and that's a calendar. We all have calendars. We all have personal reminders that we can set, so you should be setting them. You should set up your calendar for how your sessions are going to run. Maybe in the morning on weekends, if you, or let's say you work in a service-based industry and you have to work weekends, but you have Tuesday and Wednesday off or Tuesday and Thursday off. So then every Tuesday and Thursday, maybe your morning sessions are just going to be learning. You're going to research for an hour. 11 a.m. to noon, you're going to research how to do sound design or maybe how to promote your tracks or maybe your one hour block is listening to this podcast. It doesn't matter what it is. You're just doing research for that hour. And then you might take a 30 minute break. So 1230 to 1:30, you're actually going to start working on sound design. You're going to start creating your own sounds with the different VSTs that you've got. And then from two o'clock you're going to take a break there. And then from two o'clock to, let's say, five o'clock or maybe even six o'clock, you're actually going to write music. This is how your schedule should be laid out. And I'm talking about as a producer. This is going to be different if you're in the same in the same realm as me as a mixing and mastering engineer. I've got a completely different schedule from a producer where when I first log in for the day, I'm checking my emails and then I'm not checking them again, but then I'm going to start working on the things that need to get done. My like need to things and I'm going to work on them one at a time, whether that might be working with a new client. I might be scheduling phone calls, uh, so I have to get on the phone with clients, but usually I do not schedule any phone calls until later on in the day. So I know I'm not talking to any clients till later on in the day. I've, I've set up my calendar. I have set up my schedule to specifically do that so that I know I have these other things that I'm going to be getting done earlier on in the day and I need to be more productive at these times. So that might ensure that I'm being the most productive when I'm working on clients tracks, when I'm doing the actual mixing and doing the actual mastering. Um, and then there might be another segmented part of the day where I'm looking through my analytics from my website. What is everyone being drawn to? Where is everyone being lo being located to on my website and why are they there? And I'm tracking all of that information. The point is, is that things are scheduled throughout the day for when I'm going to specifically be doing those tasks. This is super easy for you as producers to do because it's very straightforward for what you should be doing. 
there's really only a handful of things that you should be doing as a producer. That's research, writing, sound design, learning your systems, perfecting your systems, networking, promoting. And then you could probably throw in a bonus one for like creating content in, if you're in that sort of realm. But those are really the main ones that you should be hitting. And some of those can be adjusted. Like if you're not doing sound design, you could be doing sample design. And that might not be something that you actually do at all. But the, you, could, you could replace that with organizing your library, which I would honestly put in with like fixing your systems. But organizing your library or fixing your systems could also be also include going on splice and downloading new samples or sounds. It doesn't matter. This is your system. This is your calendar, your schedule. You should set it up the way you want it set it up. But you got to make sure that you have a schedule. As long as everything is scheduled out and you're able to relay that to whatever life partner you have or your family or your friends, make sure they know that schedule and that you're on that so that you can easily turn them down for something. And we're going to get that, get more into detail about that later on in the episode. But as long as they know that they can't step over your boundaries, you've set these boundaries and this is what it is. This you, you, you don't have to turn away from that and you can't turn away from that because it's set in your schedule. Now, the second thing we're going to be talking about in this episode it, it ties in pretty well to the whole scheduling and calendar part, and that's determining how long you're actually going to work. This is a very important one to nail down. How long are you actually going to work for? And this is going to go into the third section a little bit, but I mean, it's going to be a perfect way to kind of blend in. But you have to look at how your your work ethic is. This is going to be the next topic we're talking about, but I'm going to blend it in a little bit with this one. But take a good hard look at your work ethic. How long are you willing to work for? What sections exactly what specific things are you willing to work on and how long are you specifically going to work on those? Obviously, if you're a producer writing, you're definitely going to be more inclined to working on that for a few hours at a time. If you schedule in sound design for a few hours at a time, are you really going to spend that much time doing sound design? I do occasionally work on sound design, and I'll tell you right now, I won't spend a few hours working on sound design because I can't. I can't focus for that long. It's not that interesting to me to do that for that long. If you're selling sound packs, you might already be in that realm where that's what you're doing. You're you're more inclined to spend hours working on sound design because you love that. So it's going to be easier for you to sell sound packs, license them to splice. But if you're like me and you're only going to work on sound design for 30 minutes, you better only schedule that for 30 minutes. Otherwise, you're not going to do it at all because you're going to look at your calendar and you're going to see, oh, shit, today I have to fucking sound, do sound design for two hours. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. You're going to put your phone down and you're going to carry on Facebook or you'll be in the middle of a sound design session and you'll just flip to Facebook or flip to Instagram or TikTok or YouTube and you'll get completely sidetracked. It's especially easy to get sidetracked on YouTube when you're looking at a sound design t- tutorial. So determine how long you're going to work for on each section and, and really determine how many hours throughout the day are you going to work. Do you only want to produce 12 hours in the entire week? You can break that down to four, three-hour sessions 
three four-hour sessions or six two-hour sessions. You can break it down however you want. And I mean, that could be two days of six-hour sessions or six days of two-hour sessions. Whatever you want to do, just know how long you're willing to work and then put that into your schedule and understand where your days are off. We've talked about how important it is to take a day off. So make sure that you do put in some time to take a day off because that's, that, that is completely involved with work-life balance and determining how long you're going to work and how long you're willing to work. What days are you going to take off? Because your family wants to know that. Your friends want to know when you're actually not going to be doing that thing so that they can hang out with you. As I mentioned before, let's get into the third topic, which is your work ethic. Let's take a look at your work ethic. What is your work ethic like? Are you lazy? Which is okay if you are. It's not entirely a terrible thing because just as bad as it is to be lazy, it's just as bad to be a workaholic maniac. Both of them are not the healthiest decisions to to make. But not, but one is not better than the other. Obviously, the sweet spot is right in the middle, but you have to determine what your work ethic is really like. How do you work and how can you improve it? Obviously, if you're a workaholic and you just cannot stop working, then that needs to be fixed. You need to take a day off. You need to start looking at systems, how you can improve your systems. And honestly, this is the same for being too lazy too. the whole systems talk. If you're too lazy to do things, how can you implement your system to do it for you? And again, if you're a workaholic, how can you implement your systems to do it for you so you can take a day off? Once you can figure out what your work ethic is, it's a lot easier to then figure out what you really need to correct and stop compensating for or start compensating for. For any of you ADD people similar to me who you know like you've got this good drive in you. You've got this work ethic where you'll get things done. You, get, you like to get things done. You don't like feeling too lazy where you're, you're kind of in the middle, but you're not hitting that sweet spot. And it's, it, I mean, that sweet spot is nearly impossible to hit. A lot of the people who are close to that sweet spot are like me where you're a bit of ADD, but very hardworking, where you'll, you'll do what needs to be done to get the thing done but your ADD will very much so sidetrack you and take you off of your objective and goal. And a lot of that has to do with uh, social surfers where you'll just start flipping through social media. You'll hit up TikTok. Then five minutes later, you'll be on Facebook seeing the same stuff you've already seen today. You'll do the same stuff with Instagram. Next thing you know, you're flipping through an hour of YouTube just trying to find a video to watch while you work. That is very much so what I do, and it is hard to get out of that. So what can you do to get out of that? It's actually very simple. Find an application that's going to block that kind of stuff from you. That will, you set hours for when you do not want these things to be on. You cannot get back into them unless you do something very annoying. I had one Chrome extension and I wish I could remember what it was, but I can't remember. I can't remember it, but I ultimately ended up (laughs) turning it off and it was probably the worst decision I could have made. But it was an extension where I set the times for when I was working 
and I blocked all sites except for, or I, I basically just blocked all time wasters, all social media sites. And the only way to turn it off when it was activated was to type out this, like, it was like a 300 word, maybe a four or five, three to 500 word paragraph that you couldn't mess up. If you messed up once, meaning you hit the space bar once too many times, it would automatically restart. Or if you typed the wrong letter. So you would literally, if you wanted to get through it, you'd spend probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes typing one letter at a time, pecker typing, making sure you got every single letter, every single space, every single comma, every single apostrophe right so that you could turn the app off for however long you wanted to do it. And while you were doing that, you would realize, what the fuck am I doing? I'm wasting my time. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. So it was really good for keeping you focused and ensuring that you're not doing what you're not supposed to be doing. Now, a lot of smartphones have these built in now where you can go and check your usage and you can take a look at how long you're spending on specific apps and you can even block it for certain times. You can say, I only want to use this an hour a day. And that and then they'll turn off. Now, the issue with a lot of those built in ones is you can simply just go to the settings and turn it off. But there's some good web. There's some good apps out there for the phone and for your computer. I know uh, Rescue Time is a pretty good one. I think Freedom is a good one. Mindful Browsing is a good one for just like a Chrome extension. If you're just on your on your computer, there's a lot of really good resources out there for blocking these time wasters, which I think not just, I think, I think everyone struggles with these things. So do some research on how to like better manage your time with time blockers. Not well, if you Google time blockers, you're going to get like scheduling applications. But if you just simply Google apps to stop wasting time, you'll get a lot of like site blockers. The fourth topic we're going to be talking about, which is just as important as scheduling. And I don't want to say just as important because I already said that when I said that like scheduling is the most important thing. But I, honestly, I mean, this topic is so important that I feel like a lot of you are probably going to be struggling with. And it's something that I struggle with. It's something my girlfriend struggles with. It's it's something a lot of people struggle with. And that is being cautious of your goddamn commitments. What does that mean? If you cannot commit to something 100%, you should not be taking that commitment. If you can only commit to it 50%, 70%, 80%, do not commit to it. Do not commit to something unless you can put 100% of your attention into it and stay focused on that one thing. Don't say yes to everything because not everything is meant to have yes said to it. Remember that. You have to understand your limits and you have to work within those limits. Don't fill your bucket up too much. If you fill up your bucket too much, that's when things start falling apart. That's when chaos ensues. That's when imposter syndrome kicks in because you start, you start trying to juggle too many things and it, it's too stressful. You start taking it out on the wrong people. It's, it's a horrible road to go down and it can just it can lead to everything coming crashing down. You got to focus on one thing at a time and ensure that you're only putting all of your energy into one thing at a time. And scheduling can help out with this thing with with this type of thing. 
So, so really understanding your commitments goes hand in hand with your schedule, because if you are thinking about taking on a new commitment, the, what's the first thing you should really do? You should look at your schedule. You should look at five days in advance, almost all the way up to 30 days in advance, because that's going to tell you what you can put time into. And that doesn't mean that if you don't work on weekends that you should commit to something on the weekends because what is committed on those weekends? Is it time with family? Is it time with your kids? Is it time with your girlfriend? Because if that's what the time is supposed to be spent for, then that's what the time should be spent for. I, this, is the, I, this might be the thing I struggle with the most. Um, not many of you might know this, but I am a very avid D&D DM. I love being Dungeon Master for D&D. Whenever I find a new group to play D&D with, I'm always so excited. I'm, always, I'm also always so stressful because I'm trying to make sure that the players that I'm playing with are always super happy. So I'm always trying to go the extra mile. I'm trying to do more research. I'm trying to improve myself as a DM. And usually it's probably every like four to six months that I find a new D&D group to play with because the last one fell apart. And I start putting a lot of my time and energy into that. And I'm actually experiencing this right now where I just started playing D&D again after not playing for probably six months-ish. Um, I started with a new group that's really exciting. I think this group is going to stay together for a while. And it's so much fun. And I've got really good, great plans for their campaign. I'm so fucking excited for it. It's a lot of fun. But then someone else hit me up, ironically, and this always happens, someone else hit me up and said, hey, we're looking for a DM. Can you start DMing for this group as well? And I'm like, what do I say? Sure, because I love doing it and I see some time open on the weekends. So now I'm DMing both Saturday and Sundays, which are supposed to be kind of be my non-stressful days, my relaxing days. But now I'm playing D&D, but I love D&D. I love doing that. That's what I want to spend my off time doing. But here's the other caveat. I've got another friend who wants to play D&D, two of them. And I offered to DM for their campaign also on Friday. So now I'm not only just working Monday through Thursday, I'm now also working on D&D Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which all take up nearly four to six hours a day to play, to study and play. Sometimes up to seven hours because I have to study for three hours, making sure I have everything in place. And then I have to play for another three to four hours. It's a lot of time. It's a big commitment. And so I'm probably going to experience an issue with this in the next month or so. And I'll have to fall back on one of the commitments. But I also understand that when I take those, that's the risk that I'm willing to take. And I know that the odds are some of these campaigns aren't going to stick around. That's just how kind of the game is played and how it works. But you can see that like it's very easy to dig yourself into a hole with these commitments. And it's a very it, it can cause a lot of issues. It can conflict with a lot of things. So how do you fix that? I've got a book for you guys. Uh, it's a book I just got that I've read a lot about. I've heard been talked about. I've done some research on. I haven't quite cracked it open because I'm reading another book right now. Um, but I'm I'm probably going to break into this next one over the next week or so. But it's called The Art of Saying No. 
Uh, and I'll just I'll just read you the very top of the back. First things first, or right away, the first thing that you'll read if you flip it over, and it says, "Stop being a people pleaser. Learn how to set boundaries and say no without feeling guilty." If you think you're a people pleaser and you have an issue saying no to people, this is the book for you, The Art of Saying No. I'll put it up in the show notes under enviousaudio.com slash episode 28. This is going to be the book for you for figuring out your commitments and ensuring that you're not over committing. You really got to figure out what you can push and what you can't and filling up your bucket isn't something you should test out too often. I fill up my bucket too much. It becomes very overwhelming, very stressful. Everything falls apart. I calm down for a couple of months and then usually I'm right back to filling up my goddamn bucket again. It's something that I got to that I'm constantly trying to work on. And I think a lot of producers are probably in the same issue, whether that's like booking too many shows or trying to get too many collaborations. So you're working on too many projects and not all of them are great, but you want all of them to be great because you're working with other producers, so on and so forth. So just be careful and mindful of those specific things. Now, the last one is going to tie into the commitments a little bit. All of these topics kind of, they, they bleed into each other, one after the other. This episode is set up in a specific way because the topic right after the last one usually ties into each other some sort in some sort of way. And you can see how this can create a really good system of creating a healthy work-life balance. And this last one is really determining your priorities. Determining your priorities is really going to help out with your commitments because once you have your priorities determined, you know what you can commit to. You know what you're willing to commit to. What are your priorities? What does that mean? Well, do you want to hang out with friends? Do you want to work on new music projects? Do you want to network with people? Do you want to DJ? Do you want to play video games? What do you want to do? Once you can figure out what you want to do, then you can set what your priorities really are. If you want to DJ shows, then you should be out networking. You should be going to local shows and talking to DJs, talking to promoters, being friends with those people, because that's how you're going to play more shows. If you want to release really good music, you should be in the studio producing music. You should also be working on promo. You should also be talking to record label contacts. So those all kind of tie in with each other. But you have to determine what your priorities are. If you just want to kind of make music on the side as a hobby and hang out with friends, then make music on the side as a hobby and don't commit to a lot of music things so that you can go hang out with friends. It's pretty simple. You just have to determine what your priorities are. And a lot of determining what your priorities are also ties in with determining what your work ethic is. If you want to be a really great and big producer who releases great music, but you don't have good work ethic, well, that's an issue. Those are two very conflicting things. Because in order to be a really great producer who's really big, you have to have really good work ethic. So maybe that's where you should start. You should start working on your work ethic because then 
that can bleed into what your pro- what you want your priorities to be. But you have to figure all of these different things out. You got to you got to schedule your stuff out. But before you schedule your stuff out, determine how long you're going to work for. Determining on determining how long you're going to work for is really going to you're going to have to take a good hard look at what your work ethic is. Determining what your work ethic is is going to help you determine your priorities. And then determining what your commitments are is really going to tie into what your priorities are. So honestly, in the order of importance where I think you should start working on each one of these topics is to determine what your priorities are. What are your priorities? And then take a look at what your work ethic is. Just start from there. Once you can determine those things, then you can move on to what are going to be your commitments. Look at your commitments. What can you take off of the table and what can you bring onto the table? And then once you have all three of those things figured out, then you can take a look at how long are you going to work for? How long are you willing to work for? Which ties into a lot of your work ethic. And then you can start to schedule everything out because you have all the ingredients to start scheduling things out. This is how you get a really healthy work-life balance. It takes some looking into your inner self. It takes some work to really look at everything as a big picture. And once you can look at all that stuff and spend a day taking into consideration of all these things, write them down, figure them out, and things will be in so much more control. The chaos will start to disappear. The control will come in and you'll be able to better execute things, be more efficient, work on your systems and put out and produce better things. That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much. Again, we've got about one month left for you to get in your reviews for electronic dance money, useful reviews for you to win a product of over $300. This is a mixing and mastering lesson done by me. We'll sit in Zoom, mix and master your track. You get to ask me how I work, how I do my process, how I mix, how I master, what I use, why I'm doing this, why I'm doing that. Plus, I'll go through a needs discovery process to see what what path you're on. If you're on the right path, if this track is good enough to get signed at a record label contact that I know. All these different things you get to be a part of just for using a useful, productive review on the show at Apple Podcast. The link for that will be in the show notes at https backslash backslash enviousaudio.com slash episode 28. I'll pick a random winner, a random review from Apple podcast that will be announced on the show and you will might be chosen to win this package of over $300 to get your track fully mixed and mastered professionally. I'm so excited to work with one of you guys head to Facebook to join the Facebook community, electronic dance money community, enviousaudio.com slash episode 28 to check out the show notes. I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you guys so much. Take care.